Hey everyone, welcome to the Seven Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Seven is the young adults community of Gateway Church here in Arizona. And we exist to help you find your people, find your place, find your purpose, but most importantly, to find His presence. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week at 7. We hope this message speaks to you and grows you. Let's check it out. Hey, everyone. Go ahead. Take a seat. Hey, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for, for being here. And uh, I'm excited because tonight we're, uh, we're actually, we're, we're kicking off a series on the book of Jonah. And over the next couple weeks, we're going to be diving into the life of Jonah, um, his story, and, um, and just, just really with a, with a, with a goal of, of learning and gaining some insight about his life and about what God does um, in him and through him and just observing as much as we, we possibly can. So if you have a Bible, open up to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, we're just going to be in the first four verses of Jonah today, and uh, then we'll dive into some of the others over the course of the next couple weeks, but really excited to, to journey with. I want to encourage you over the next couple weeks um, to take some time each week and read through Jonah. It, uh, it actually is only four chapters long, only about 47 verses long, and uh, so it's not hard to get all the way through. So uh, join us over the next couple weeks, diving into this book of Jonah, study it with us, and uh, pray God speaks to you, and uh, there's going to be some incredible times um, in his presence as we, as we do this together. So Jonah chapter 1, um, over your Bible, read it with me. It says this, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare and and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Look at that. From the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Over the next couple minutes, I'm going to share um, a message entitled Running. And uh, we're going to look into these first four verses, and there's a lot of other scripture that we're going to dig into um, on the life of Jonah. The title tonight is Running. Let's pray, and uh, then we'll jump in. God, I thank you so much for your presence. God, I thank you that you're here. God, I thank you that, that you want to speak to us, that you desire to speak to us, that that, that this is a special moment because you're here and we're here. And God, I pray that, that for whatever reason we came today, God, that we would see you, we would experience you, we would encounter you in such a way that we leave different than when we came in. We leave different having seen you, having heard you. And uh, God, we're just so thankful that we get to gather in moments like this. Would you speak to us? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Hey, I don't know. Um, I grew up in church my whole life. Um, I've been in church, around church my whole life. In fact, one of the things that, that I've always joked about is, is generally if, uh, if there's snacks or candy anywhere in the building, I know where they are um, or, I, or I know the places at least to look. I, I've been in church a long time and, and um, for, for many things that, that that's really great. And as I look back over the time that I've been in church, one of the things that I realize is is I don't know how many of you have maybe like dug into this story on Jonah or read this story about Jonah, but one of the things that I've 
um, in the last couple weeks as I've been studying Jonah in my own time, um, I've, I've realized is much of my life I have heard the story of Jonah or seen the story of Jonah almost through this like fairy tale lens. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we watch these like fairy tale movies and, and all that. And, and, and that's kind of the way, um, as I was a kid, much of this story of Jonah was articulated. I mean, I mean, think about it for a second. Jonah is just to kind of even just give a brief recap of his, of this story in, in the entire book of Jonah. Jonah, uh, the Lord comes to Jonah, asks him to do something, doesn't like it, runs away. Um, the Bible says that he jumps on a boat with complete strangers, goes into the middle of the ocean, and a storm comes up. It's all Jonah's fault. He's got to jump into the jump into the water, swallowed by a fish. He's in there. He's in a fish in a, in the belly of a whale for three days, three nights. Gets spit up on dry land. Then decides to obey the Lord, walk into what God is asking him to do. This city that's dangerous. All of this. Jonah does what God's asked him to do. The city, the city repents, and then, and then Jonah pouts at the end and has this moment between him and God, and it's just like this. We, we listen to this story, and I remember like just thinking through as I've been studying the book of Jonah how much of this has really been almost like this fairy tale, and, and where, where some of that isn't necessarily bad because it illustrates a little bit. It allows you to maybe see some things in the story and maybe it come to life in your mind. In different seasons of our life, what we can find, though, is if, if Scripture is simply just a story or this fairy tale or this allegory, then, then there are moments where I can kind of disconnect from it or I can miss some of the things that God is, is desiring to say to me or speak to me or show me. And, and it's, it's not until I, until I realize that this actually happened, that, that this, is, this is a moment in time that, that actually took place that God wants to speak to me through, if I don't realize that, I, I miss so much of what is the story of Jonah. I, I'd be interested to know, as you look back, of even maybe you've heard this story, maybe you've read this story, who, who's the main character in this story so far that, you, that you've heard that you know? I think for me, for, for a lot of times, it seemed actually like, like, like Jonah was the main character of this story. I think even like you, you can make a point that, that, that the city of Nineveh was kind of like a big-time character in this story, maybe even the whale. But one of the things we realize as we dig into this, this book of Jonah is that the whale is only mentioned four times in three verses. The, the great city is only mentioned nine times. The Jonah, the prophet, is only mentioned, I think it's about 17, 18 times. But the character and the person of God is mentioned 37 times in 47 verses. Which leads me to ask the question, so what does, who does that say the main character of this story really is? It's obviously God, and, and there's something about Jonah's life, there's something about this moment in Scripture that we ought to understand, that we ought to see the character and the nature of God through the life of Jonah. So as we dig in over the next, over these course of the next couple of weeks, our desire is to see God. Our desire, yes, is to, is to see ourselves a little bit in the story and to understand what God's saying to us, but, but more than anything, to see the character of God, to see who he is, how he operates, and how we can be a part of what he ultimately is, is doing in this world and in my, in my life and the world around me. Jonah chapter 1 um, the, it's, it's important to understand that, that, that Nineveh, this request from God, is, is not an easy one. 
that, that Nineveh is, is an enemy of, of Israel. Nineveh is, is, is an enemy to a lot of people, in fact, but, but they, they are not. Jo- Jonah is this prophet, and, and, and this, this is his enemy. These are people, in fact, in fact, Nineveh, this, this city, these people were, were known as a barbaric, as a barbaric people. The, the Assyrians, they were dangerous, they were barbaric, they were cruel, and, and in fact, they wanted to be known for it. In fact, if, if just for a little, like, play here, like, if they had a Twitter account, like, it would have been, it would have had sensitive content written all over it. They, they wanted to be known for how cruel and barbaric they were. In fact, in fact, history tells us and scholars tell us that, that they would actually hang skulls around their neck to, to, to show that they had this sense of dominance and power. And they would build pyramids of heads outside the cities and and they, they, there would be moments where they would, they would scalp people alive to assert dominance and power. They wanted to be known for how, how cruel and barbaric they, they were. And, and God comes to Jonah in Jonah 1 and he says, Hey, Jonah, um, I'm calling you to go to the, city, to the city of Nineveh. Now, Jonah gets a bad rap um, for for not immediately obeying the Lord, but I think, I think if we could for a moment understand that I, I don't know that you and I would probably jump at that opportunity um, much quicker than Jonah did. I, I think each and every one of us would, would probably um, be fearful a little bit. We, we probably would, would maybe ask some questions of the Lord, maybe. Maybe, maybe you're a lot more Christian than I, maybe, maybe you've, been, you've been doing this and you're like, no, I'd have no issues. I'm just telling you like, like when, when you're called to serve your enemies, in fact, as we all are, like that's, that's a hard thing to do. That, that's not an easy thing to just, okay, sure, I'll go do it. And, and Jonah, the Bible says in Jonah, one that God comes to Jonah. Now, before we dig too much into the story, it's important to understand that like, like the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. I, I'd like to just let all of us know that, that the word of the Lord uh, is coming to you, that, that God wants to speak to you. God still is speaking. He, he in fact, always is and desires to, to communicate and to speak to us. He is a, he's a relational God. So just as he spoke to Jonah in Jonah 1, he, he desires and longs to speak directly to you. Some of you maybe have grown up in church for a little bit and, and maybe your view of God is he's more distant, he's more disconnected, he's, he's kind of up there and, and yeah, he's in kind of control, but, but I, I think it's important that we understand that God is a relational God. He wants to speak to you, he wants to connect with you, he wants to have intimacy and fellowship with you. And this year, God's gonna speak to you, I'm just telling you, God's gonna speak to you through these nights. God's gonna speak to you through seven convos. God's going to speak to you through even your city connects and through life groups and through friends and mentors and, and even just as you engage in community. God is going to speak to you this year. The question is, how will we respond to the word of the Lord coming to us? Will we be like Jonah and will we run? Will we hide from it or will we lean in and though it may be difficult and hard, will we embrace what God's asking us to do and understand that, that he knows better, believes better, has more in control, he is in control. And that as we follow him, he will lead us into life and into, into life more abundantly than we could ever ask, think, or 
imagine. In fact, the Bible says that the, 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 that the Bible actually is, that his words are alive and active. That, that's how every time you approach the Bible, it can, you can gain new insight. You can learn new things. You can, you, you, you can understand more of God. You could read the same story over and over and over again and every single time take something new. You, you, you can learn more. You can go deeper. His word is alive and active. And it's important that as we dig into this life of Jonah and as we dig into scripture together that we understand these are not fairy tales. These are not stories. In fact, in, in, in rabbinic study, um, th- there's, this, there's this system of studying scripture that, that's, that's parties, and I don't have a lot of time to go into it, but it's P-R-D-S, and each of it stands for a different layer or more insight that we can gain from scripture. P is, is, is basically referring to, to what does it actually say? What's the literal, what is the literal text? What is the literal meaning? Uh, the, the R is, it goes into the deep, the allegorical meaning. What, what's the next layer? What, what, what stories come from this? The, the, the D is, is about um, inquiring. It's about wh- where else does this connect in scripture? Are there similarities is, where the, the context is similar? And, and then S is the, the secret, the mystery, the, the revelation that God gives you. But what we understand and, and what we see in the way that the rabbi studies scripture is that all of it must come back to and be rooted in the literal meaning of of the text. So as we approach Jonah, let's understand we're approaching this and believing and understanding that this actually happened. That God actually spoke to Jonah. That God actually called Jonah into influence and impact that was bigger than him. He actually called Jonah into to be a part of something that was so much bigger than the part that he would play. And Jonah actually disobeyed and and ran away. It's important for us to know because again, God's going to call us. God's going to speak to you. God's going to call you into influence and impact this year. God's gonna ask you to do some things to, to shift culture around you, to change the course of your family, to change the course of your life, to, to adjust some things, to influence, to lead others. And, and it's important that we understand that, that God did do that. He is doing that. And he wants to do that more in the future in our life and in the lives of the people around us. But, jo- but God comes to Jonah. Jonah 1 tells him, hey, arise, go to Nineveh. Um, I, I, like I, I got something for you to do. So God is speaking, uh, but then he tells him, arise and go. Now, now, as we get into this, and there's a couple observations that I wanna make, it's important that we understand, there is a sense of urgency here. Like, like when God asks us to do something, it's not a like, hey, when you get around to it, generally, the, the more we follow God, the more we realize, not only is he in control of, of eternity and kind of what, what's going on, but he tends to not just know what's best, but when it's best. He, he doesn't just know what we ought to do and when. He's not just trying to tell us, hey, Isaac, like, like you, should, you should go there. I've got some great things in store for you. But no, he generally has a time at which it's best for me to be in that location. In fact, for you, as, as you look into your life, it's important that you understand like God's calling you to do some things. But he's also got some times that, that, that it's important that it's best to do those things. And in fact, what happens is when we do the right thing at the wrong time, it turns out to be the wrong thing. Or when we do the wrong thing at the right time, it also turns out to be the, the wrong thing. The, the best thing is to continually follow and hear the voice of the Lord and obey everything he's asking us to do. But he comes to Jonah and he says, arise and go. Like, hey, now's the time. I need you to get up. I'm calling you into influence. I'm calling you into impact right now. I need you 
to go. But, but he calls him to, to Nineveh. Like, like, again, like, understand, like, this is not an easy request by any means. Calls him to Nineveh. Like, again, I don't know if we would just jump at that opportunity, but I, I, think, I think we can relate to Jonah a little bit in our life. Like, has God ever asked you to do something that you weren't super stoked about doing immediately? That you weren't like, yes, God, sure thing, drop everything, go. Have you ever hesitated a little bit? I think we all can find some moments in our life where we maybe have hesitated when God's asked us to do something, but we see that, that God, God asked Jonah to go, to go to Nineveh. And you know what this tells me? It tells me that where matters to God. Where matters to God. And that, that delayed obedience is still disobedience. That, that, that if Jonah says, hey, you know what? Okay, fine, I'll go, but I'm gonna go next week. Like, like that's still disobedient and partial obedience is still disobedience but but where matters to God see God's going to speak to you and he's going to ask you to go to some places this year that are maybe uncomfortable for you he's going to ask you some to do some things that that, that might be a little bit bigger than you can imagine yourself being a part of he's going to ask you to cut some things out of your life that that are going to be a little difficult but but what I've learned is that where is just as important as what when it comes to God. That, that where, in fact, not just is, it, where is not just important to God, but who, what, where, when, why, and how, they all matter to God. They all do. They all matter to God. Jonah 1 verse 2, God comes and says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. See, Jonah was called to serve and to appeal to Nineveh, his enemies. But you know what happens a lot of time in church, in fact, is, is what we do is, is we're super concerned about, God, what have you called me to do? But what happens is we often stop listening as soon as we hear what, and we find the where that's most convenient for us, don't we? I mean, I, I've been guilty of this, of, of this myself. It's like, God, what are you, you're calling me into ministry. You're calling me to lead. You're calling me, okay, cool. I'm gonna go do it where it's easiest. R rather, than, rather than leaning in and hearing, God, where, ought, wh where are you calling me to plant roots? Where are you calling me to dig in, to exercise this gift that you've put inside of me, this passion that you've given me, this purpose that you've called to my life? Uh, I wonder how our lives would change if we valued where as much as what. But see, we, we often get so focused on what and then we stop listening to God and we determine where it's most convenient and comfortable for us. But one of the things that I've learned over the course of my life is that where matters to God. Where matters to God. You see, Jonah ran. And uh, his name actually, actually, it means dove, but, but Jonah, Jonah ran, and I don't know, like, how many of you, you like running? Like, like if you be honest, like, with you and the people around you and God, because he's watching, like, you like running. I'm just telling you right now, like, I hate running. Um, I was always smaller, so in sports, like, running was my thing, and I always had to. Like, that's what allowed me to keep playing sports is I got to be fast, and, like, that was the one thing I held on to. And as soon as I stopped playing sports... I don't know if I've ran on purpose since. Like, like I just do, I, I, don't, I don't like running. I, it's, not a, it's not a thing that I enjoy doing. Uh, I wonder how much do you like running? I mean, I got all the clothes for sure. Like I look like I could like running, 
Um, but I don't actually ever run. I, I, don't, I don't like doing it. Um, but but I, I would actually like to submit to you that, that though we don't enjoy physically running, probably many of us, most of us, we're actually a lot better at it in our lives than we think we are. We, we tend to run actually from a lot of things. We run from that, from that mentorship that, that challenges us, that grows us. We, we maybe run from, from, that, from that, that homework assignment or we maybe run from that job because it pushes us and challenges us and, and they don't really like talk super nice to us or, or we maybe run from financial situations or, and you know what happens is fear often becomes this underlying thing that causes us to run from things that maybe God's actually calling us to run, run to. And I wonder today if, if we would ask the question, what is it that you might be running from that you ought to be running to? What is it that you're running from that you ought to be running to? So with that question, I want to dig into a couple, a couple things of Jonah's life, four observations, or three observations, excuse me, of Jonah's life really quick, and it's, and it's this, as, it, as, as we recognize that God is calling each of us into influence and to impact, and he's gonna give us some things to do this year. He's gonna call us to do some things, and, and it's on us to see how are we gonna respond. Are we gonna be obedient and lean into the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how that God, that God instructs because he knows better. He's leading us into life, and he's got the best in store for us, or are we going to think we can do parts of it on our own? What are we running from that we ought to be running to. Three observations from Jonah's life here in Jonah chapter one, verse one through four is this. God requests often will make you uncomfortable. They'll upset your plans and stretch you beyond what you're used to. God requests will often make you uncomfortable, upset your plans and stretch you beyond what you're used to. Another way to say it is this, you're not gonna like everything that God asks you to do. You're just not. You're not gonna like all of, the, all of the things that God asks you to cut out of your life. You're maybe not gonna immediately love some of the places God's called you to plant so that you can grow in ways that you don't even know you need to grow yet. But the reality is, as we lean into and as we're obedient to the Lord, he leads us to exactly where we need to be when we need to be there. Jonah chapter one, verse three, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of of the Lord. He was trying to run away from God. In fact, like it's just interesting to me that, that, that Jonah actually considered that he had, an, he had a better chance of running away from God than God calling him to something that's easy. Like he's like, hey, I, I've, actually, I think I got a good opportunity here or it's probably my best bet, so I gotta get out of here. Like he literally attempted to run from the presence of the Lord because he did not like God's request, because he didn't like what God had asked him to do. You know, obedience is, is Shema is one of the, the big uh, values of, of our house. And, and this word Shema means to, to listen, to hear, to understand, and to respond. It's not this blind, okay, God, like you told me to do this. So I'm gonna just like, it's not this dictatorship mentality. It's not this like, just do what I say when I say it and don't ask questions. No, it's, it's leaning in, it's understanding, it's hearing, and then it's responding to what God is saying, knowing that, that he's got the best in store, he knows what he's doing. 
And, and, and one, of the, one of the phrases that, one of the things that, that, that Preston brought up in that, in that series on, on we love to Shema, it's this, obedience requires a commitment that removes comfort as an option. Obedience requires a commitment that removes comfort as an option. Being comfortable is something we must give up in order to step into influence and purpose that God's called us to do. You just gotta, we just gotta get to this point where we stop worrying about how comfortable we are. I know that one of our desires is that in every situation we want to feel safe, um, but can I tell you, it's, it's a lot better that we feel safe in the presence of God than we feel safe in our little situation or our bubble that we've created for ourselves. See, the safety that we can create for ourselves is not safety, in fact. The only true sense of safety and security is in the presence of the Lord. We must follow and, and follow his lead and, and, and go where he's, he's going. It, it removes comfort as an option. Some of you are frustrated here tonight and you're frustrated in your life. And you're frustrated in some of the things that you're doing and you feel like you're trying to do what God's asked you to do, but it's frustrating and, and it seems that like, like there's just things that are being disrupted and, and may I submit to you that it might be because you're trying to hang on to some things that are making you feel comfortable and God's actually trying to cut those out of your life. God's actually trying to lead you to a place where you would let those things go and embrace what he's calling you into. Look at what Proverbs chapter three and verse five through six says. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on whose? On your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And he will direct your paths. Hear this. If you agree and approve with everything that God is asking you to do, and it doesn't frustrate you or challenge you at all, I will be very concerned that you may not be hearing what God's asking you to do. If God hasn't asked you to do something that has frustrated you in the last year, you maybe haven't been like leaning into what he's asking you to do. Because I'm just telling you, I can't go a couple months without God asking me to do something that's a little uncomfortable. In fact, this last year, my wife and I went through a handful of challenges and I know we all went through some challenges in 2020, but, but one of the things that I realized is that fear was a huge part of some things that were in my life that I didn't even know was there. And let me just tell you, like that is not a fantastic thing to do to dig in and root out these fears that have controlled for so long. Controlled decisions, controlled the way that I live my life, controlled the way that I steward my family, not even realizing that they're there. When some of these things become so comfortable and so like, normal to your life like that's frustrating it hurts and I'm just telling you like if if God hasn't hasn't frustrated your system a little bit in the last couple months it, it might be time to get quiet again it might be time to take some time and rest and recharge and get in the presence of God because I'm just telling you following God is not going to lead you into comfortable situations all the time if he hasn't said something or asked you to do something that hasn't frustrated you in the last year, I would, I would lean in a little bit more. And see, here, here's, here's one of the things that, that we gotta recognize. When it comes to comfortability and convenience and all this kind of stuff, there is a way that is always more costly, exhausting, and dangerous, and it's always your way. There is a way that is more costly. It's gonna cost you more. It's gonna, it's gonna threaten more of your life and, and, and the things that, that mean the most to you. It's gonna be dangerous and you are gonna be so exhausted. It's your way though. It's not God's way. It's your way. And one of the things we see from Jonah's life is that 
as Jonah tries to run from God, the Bible says, the Bible says, look, 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 look at this. He rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish and he paid the fare. Like I didn't ask him to pay any money to, to go to Nineveh. In fact, one of the things you notice is that Nineveh was only 500 miles away. Where, where Jonah ended up was about 2,200 miles away in the middle of the ocean and it cost him money and he's on a boat with strangers he doesn't know. So he's got no community. He's got, he's got no real community relationships. It's cost him more money and he's further away than he wanted to be all because he was trying to run from the thing that God was calling him into. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says this, there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 18, verse 30 says this, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Point number two is this. Anywhere will always lead you nowhere. Anywhere will always lead you nowhere. Look at this. Jonah settled, okay? God asked him to go to Nineveh. Jonah so doesn't want to go to Nineveh that he will settle to get on a ship and go literally anywhere else to get away from what God has called him to do, from the place that God has called him to serve, from the people that God has called him to, to, to steward and to serve. And it has led him to the middle of nowhere. Anytime we're so concerned about not doing what God's asked us to do that we're willing to go anywhere and do anything, it will always lead us nowhere. Jonah ends up in the middle of the ocean, seemingly all by himself, simply because he didn't want to go to the specific place that God called him to go. And you know what? Jonah finds some people that are willing to go with him. Now, it's interesting to me that Jonah doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't ask, he doesn't literally ask them any questions. He doesn't, they don't ask him any questions. The Bible doesn't tell us, at least. He just pays the fare, jumps on the boat, and goes. They don't say, hey, where are you going? Jo Jonah doesn't say, hey, like, you guys cool? Like, do you have background checks? Like, like are you guys safe? Have any of y'all been in prison recently? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't ask any, any of those inquiry questions. Just jumps on the boat. And one of the things you see is there will always be people willing to go with you in whatever direction you choose to go. Presence of people doesn't always confirm the step or the direction. Think about this, like, like if we equate obedience to God with wherever I go, there's people there that want to go with me, oh, you're going to find yourself in some places that you do not want to be. There will always be people who are willing to disobey God with you. There will always be people there. If you want to run in a different direction, there will always be somebody somewhere. And Jonah seems to get this sense of comfort from people He's like, oh, you're willing to go? Awesome, let's go together. There seems to be this level of comfort that Jonah has running away from God. And I'm gonna just tell you like, just because people are willing to go with you doesn't mean it's the right decision. Just because people are willing to, to agree with you doesn't mean you've made the right decision. Just because people support you doesn't mean that it's what God is asking you to do. I, I, I will be much more concerned and I think over the course of my life, again, I've made these mistakes myself, but... But the presence of one is always more safe and confirmation than the presence of many. Recognizing that the presence of God is with me, that, that one person is with me, has given me more confidence and more comfortability to step into what God has asked me to do than, than the presence of any, than the support of anyone else. 
And one of the questions we need to ask today and tonight as we dig into this and as we recognize and we lean into God, what are you calling me to do? I want to be obedient. I want to step into what you've called me to do because I know I've been made for influence and impact and purpose. Is, is where, am I, where am I getting my sense of support, security, and, and approval? Is it coming from others who are willing to go with me anywhere? Or is it coming from God who is calling me somewhere specific? There will always be people willing to go with us anywhere. Jonah 1 verse 3 says, He paid the fare and he went down and he went with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. From the presence of the Lord. Point number three is this, and lastly, the best things in life only come one way, and that's obedience. The best things in life They only come one way. And that's as we lean in and we obey the voice of the Lord in every season of our life. See, what Jonah failed to remember is that if God was calling him to go to Nineveh, God was going to go with him to Nineveh. That that Jonah was was called to go there and and it was dangerous and it was scary and it was all of those things. but, But the one thing he failed to remember is that God was with him. The best things in life, they only come through one thing, and that's when we obey, when we lean in, when we hear, we understand, when we listen and respond to the voice of the Lord in our life. They only come one way, because you know what diso- where disobedience leads us? Leads us into the middle of the ocean, and look at what happens with Jonah as, he's, as he steps in and he's, he's running away. The Bible in Jonah chapter 1 in verse 4 it says, But the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. See, God came after him. God wanted to get his attention. God ran after him. In fact, one of the things that, that, that Preston brought up in our, in our message on, on We Love to Shema is that, is that obedience always brings his response. But I'd also like to add that disobedience brings his response also. Why? Because he, he, loves, you. he, he loves you. He cares for you. He he has the best for you. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. And, and he does not want to see you go down that path. And so, so he, he, he sends a storm to get Jonah's attention to say, Hey, son, I, I know you're trying to run, but I've got something for you. Trust me. Lean into what I'm asking you to do. And here's what you see is you can run from God, but you can't get away from God. Some of you here tonight, you've been trying to run from God for a long time, and yet you find yourself right here. Once again, realizing, I can't get away from it. Some of you, you don't even know how you got here. You don't even know why you're listening to this podcast. You don't even know somebody just sent it to you. But can I tell you, it might be another reminder of God saying, hey, you can't get away from me. I love you. I care for you. I'm here for you. Look at what, look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. He says this. He says, oh, Lord You have searched me, and you know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too powerful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, the psalmist says. 
See, I wonder if this storm wasn't in fact just another little reminder to Jonah of, hey, Jonah, you can't get away from me. You can't get away from my spirit. I love you too much. I've got something for you. Another reminder, get your attention. Hey, Jonah, I'm here. Hey, I'm calling you to something. Hey, Jonah, listen to me. Listen to me. It's gonna be okay. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. You can't get away from him. In fact, you know what, you know what I realized over the course of my life is, is it's always better and it's actually easier just to obey what God is asking me to do because he does know the best for me. He does have the best in store for me. He is a great father. And as we close today, for many of us, as we dig into this life of Jonah, I pray we see ourselves in this story. I pray, I pray, I pray we do. But I pray more than anything, we see the character of God in this story that God wants to speak to you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And as long as you'll continue to run away, know that he'll continue to run after you. But he's got something for you. And yes, there's consequences. And yes, there's some things that happen. And it costs us more money and it exhausts us. And it does all those things. But see the character of God that he is always running after you. You can run, but you can't get away. And I believe that some of you are frustrated tonight. You feel like you've been in a storm for a long time. And, and maybe this isn't everybody. And I'm not, I'm not saying that your storm is your fault. But I think, I think for some of us tonight, the frustration in the, the situation that we're in might actually be because we've been running away from something God's calling us to. And even being here listening to this, this is God getting your attention. This is God calling you back saying, hey, 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 son, hey, daughter, I've got a plan for your life. And why? Why does he keep trying to get your attention? Why does he keep doing this? And it's, it's because he loves you because he cares for you. He has a plan for your life. He's called you to influence and to impact, not to gain fame, not to be some big deal, but to exercise influence and to exercise the gifts that God's put on inside of you. It's to see you, to see the full you, the you that he made you to be, to lead, to step into purpose. And you've been running many of you here listening. You've been running and you've been trying to get out of it. You've been trying to get away from it. Or maybe you know the what, but you've been trying to determine the where, you've been trying to determine how you do it or when you do it. The question I have for you tonight is where are you running? Maybe this, maybe who or what are you running to? Is it the wrong thing? Is it something that God has not called you to? Is it what God has asked of you? Hear this tonight, this isn't condemnation. This isn't your bad. This is an opportunity to step back into what God has planned for you. This is just God getting your attention saying, hey, I've got more for you. I've got better for you. You've been trying to make your own life. You've been trying to add things into your life thinking you can make it work and make it better. But, but if you listen to me, I'll lead you into a life that is more abundant, more, more, more life-giving. It, it, it's the best life. It's the life that I've made for you. What are you running from that you ought to be running to? 
See, what we see with the life of Jonah is that obedience begins with a desire to hear God's voice. What is he speaking to you today? What is he calling you to? What have you been running from that he's asking you to run to? The word of the Lord came to Jonah in Jonah 1. The word of the Lord is coming to you maybe today. Definitely he's going to speak to you this year, this week, this month, through this study, through... He wants to speak to you. What is he saying? Lean into it. For some of us, maybe it's been a while since you heard the voice of the Lord. You're wondering, what do I do? How do I? I haven't heard in a long time. One of the best places to start is to go back and do the last thing that he asked you to do. Hear him today. What is he speaking to you? Hey, thank you so much for joining us for This Week at 7. For more information about our community and to stay up to date with everything going on at 7 and new content that's releasing every single week, make sure that you text 7 at 7 to 97000. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Be The 7. We love you and we'll see you next week. Be The 7.